good day to you. I am your hostess, Rasan Emmanuel, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to this episode of Savor Thy Flavor. Wow. I am about to spill the beans. I'm going to let it all out. I have some stuff to share with you in this episode <laughs> that, wow. Let's just say wow. So it's definitely going to be worth your time to uh, to join me, to listen in on this. If you really want to get a feel on another level for my story with food, my experience with food, which ultimately contributes to why this podcast even exists, why I am a chef today, why I'm so passionate about what I do, and we need to rewind some years back to the time when I was a fast food junkie. Yes, I haven't always been fond of being in the kitchen and preparing beautiful, delicious, nutritious meals. I used to really just frequent fast food places all the time. When I say all the time, I mean like there were days where I would get up and go to McDonald's for breakfast. And I remember exactly what I used to order. It was the sausage McMuffin meal with a Coke. Oh, and I would add cheese to my sausage McMuffin. Actually, I think it came with cheese back then. Anyways, that was what I used to call breakfast. Then lunch looked something like maybe McDonald's again, a number two value meal with two cheeseburgers, fries, and a Coke. And sometimes I would actually supersize that meal um, depending on how I was feeling that day. And so, yeah, that's what I used to call lunch. And then Let's talk about the snacks in between. So I skipped ahead to lunch, but there were days, there were many times where right after breakfast, let's say maybe like an hour and a half or two hours later, I would stop somewhere else. And I really liked Mexican food. So the snack could look something like maybe like a burrito from somewhere like a bean and cheese burrito and some chips and salsa or something, again, with a soda, Coke, um, and then the lunch, okay? And then maybe a couple hours later, my snack would be, hmm, I don't know, maybe like Asian, like dollar scoop. What do you know about the dollar scoop? Dollar Scoop. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if those exist anymore. I live in a small mountain town now and I know there's definitely not a Dollar Scoop restaurant here. Maybe in bigger cities they still have them. I don't know. With the rising cost of food and everything, I don't know who can really afford to do that. But anyways, back in the day, Dollar Scoop restaurants were plentiful. And so I would go to the Dollar Scoop and get a few scoops <laughs> of this and that. And that was like what I called a snack. And then dinner would be like like Chipotle or mm, more Mexican food. More like chicken 
I used to love some KFC. I really did. I liked their original crust. It was so delicious to me. It's so interesting how you can evolve and your taste buds change. I have no shame in admitting all of this. It's just interesting to even say it and to know that at one point in time, I actually savored the flavor of fast food. That's just blows my mind. But, you know, we evolve and grow as people. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you still eat fast food, I'm not knocking you. Like, I'm not knocking it. Although, I will say, consider for yourself, you know, doing more research and, you know, just being mindful of what you eat, how much you consume if you're, you know, if you frequent fast food places. Because I realize a lot of times people just eat fast food because it's so-called convenient. You know, you don't, maybe your schedule, you know, people's schedule doesn't allow or they don't, it's not that it doesn't allow. It's all about planning, but in a nutshell, people just don't feel like they have time to cook. And I get it, okay? I used to be in that same boat. Like, I was in that category of people that was like, I am not getting ready to go to the store, go grocery shopping, go home, put all that food away, not really know what to do with it, like, and then have to cook it. Like, that takes time, whereas to, like, When I was hungry, I could just go somewhere and just have somebody cook for me. And that was so easy. And I know that so many people think that way. And I think now being on the complete opposite spectrum of of the food world, like being a chef and knowing how to create recipes that are tailored to my flavor preferences and the flavor preferences of people that, you know, eat my food. Um... It's interesting because I I thoroughly enjoy it now. I like I'm it's to if somebody would have told me, you know, 20 25 years ago or whatever that I would be a chef, you know, and I'd be making the type of food that I make now, I'd be like, whatever, like, really? That's awesome. I mean, if that manifests, that's going to be cool. But I don't see that. But when I think about it now, I've always been so picky about my food I think that started as a child definitely was a picky eater and that went on well into my teens and and just in general I'm very very picky about my food and I remember actually you know piecing meals together so what does that look like okay so let me break it down for you I would go to this one particular restaurant to get their refried beans. So I would get like a side of beans from this restaurant. And then I wasn't really, I didn't really like their tortillas. So I would only get their beans. Then I would drive across town to get another restaurant's tortilla, literally to make my own custom burrito. And that right there is a telltale sign that I've been meant to be a chef because Nobody really goes out of their way like that when it comes to eating out to piece different ingredients from different restaurants, like to go out of your way to travel a distance to get something, to go with something, to make something. So I was actually, (laughs) I was actually, in a sense, doing a little bit of chefing while I was eating fast food. Um, And that's funny to me. 
but yeah, I really did. I went to some extremes sometimes. Like, um, so I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and I tell you, I know so many little food spots, those holes in the wall, you know, that's what they're called when many people don't know about it. It's kind of like that underground place that has that one thing or a few things that are just really, really good. And I know so many of those. And I don't know if a lot of them still exist in Denver. I don't really get to Denver that much since I do live in the mountains now. And that's like two hour drive. But back in the day, I mean, I was well aware of where to get what. Like if somebody was like, I want this, you know, I want a good cheeseburger. I'd be like, okay, you need to go to this place called Madeer's and they have good greasy value priced cheeseburgers <laughs> and they did they were greasy actually it was this lady this asian lady and her daughter who owned it and it was a really small place and it was funny because when you walked in the counter was right there and her daughter who was like the cook on the line was literally like right behind her like within feet like I don't know, like three feet, okay? So this is like really a hole in the wall. You walk in, there's the counter, the kitchen's right there, it's really small. But when this lady would take your order, and I used to order a pop lunch, that's what it was called. It was basically just like a cheeseburger and fries and a can of pop. And it was a pop lunch. I think it was like $5, okay? So this was like a step up from McDonald's. It was more... At the time, I was like, okay, this is better quality, even though now I don't think it really was. Like, anyways, I would order a pop lunch, and the lady at the counter, she would ring you up, and then she would yell out to her daughter like she was, like, way in the back of a kitchen, like she was really far away. And she would be like, one pop lunch! And it was hilarious. And the daughter would just put her hand up or nod her head and she would proceed to make the meal. But it was so funny. So I would tell somebody, you know, that's just one example. That was a place to get a cheeseburger. And then, you know, when it came to Mexican food, there were so many spots. But there's one particular spot that sticks out to me. And that is a place called the Creamery in Denver. Curtis Park Creamery. Now, that the name of the restaurant is deceiving because it has absolutely nothing to do with ice cream so typically when the place is called a creamery they have ice cream no this place does not have ice cream they have creamy beans but the story is i guess the family opened up an actual creamery back back in the day but then somebody in the family started making burritos and it eventually took over the creamery like people were wanting their burritos more than their ice cream so they just didn't change the name but they were serving like just burritos and eventually like mexican food so curtis park creamery is was a bomb back in the day they're still open too um i haven't had it in years but um so that was a place to get really good burritos and I think they use lard in their beans. I'm not sure. They probably do, because that's probably what gives it that really punch 
of flavor. Although, I will say, because I have mastered the art of making refried beans without the use of any animal fat, and they are delicious and nutritious, um, I did not compromise flavor for the sake of, you know, changing, you know, or making refried beans um, on my own and to taste similar to that of the creamery or any other restaurant where I've had good beans. Because I've always judged Mexican restaurants based on how good the beans are. That, to me, is what makes good Mexican food. That's like the foundation for it. And a good tortilla, actually. I have a thing for burritos. And I'll have to just do a whole separate episode on burritos because I have a story for you. (laughs) I told you I have a lot of stories. But in this episode, I'm not going to veer off in the burrito direction. We'll do that another day. But just to keep along on this whole fast food trail, this confession, this revealing of how I used to eat and how I've always been picky about food and how that eventually led to me getting in the kitchen and beginning to create meals that were tailored to my own flavor preferences and the the flavor preferences of my family Um, because I didn't start cooking really though until after I was married and that was, you know, 18 years ago. So prior to that, I would experiment every now and then, you know, it was just, it was very rare. But the funny thing is, is like, I remember going to the store and buying a lot of groceries and It just felt good to have food in the house, obviously. But that was the other thing. I was rarely home. I was always out. So a lot of the food, I'm so ashamed to admit, went to waste. Like there was a lot of stuff that just expired in my refrigerator that I never cooked. And then there would be like those times where I felt like I wanted to just eat healthier and I just would go to the health food store and try to buy up all this healthy food and mind you I didn't even know how to cook like process regular food at home let alone like trying to like elevate that and start cooking some healthy stuff but I would I'd make an attempt like many people do and maybe you can relate I don't know you know maybe you've wanted to eat better and you decided to go on a shopping spree at a health food store and you picked up all these random ingredients and you're like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to make this. I'm going to look up a recipe and I'm going to, you know, it's going to be delicious. And you really feel empowered at the moment when you're pushing that cart through that store and you're reading all the labels and you're like, this is good for me. I'm going to make this taste good. And then you get home and you're like, what? <laughs> like, have you been there? Have you been there? Like, I remember, like, if I could see the look on my face as I was standing in the kitchen thinking I was about to really throw down and cook something delicious from products I got from a health food store that I had no knowledge about that would be hilarious but you know we make an attempt to change habits and we got to give ourselves credit you know when you are I will say this flat out there are ingredients in fast food that were designed to be addictive to have people craving, fiending for more, you know, Um, and a lot of people don't know that, and I'm not going to go deep into that in this episode, but I would simply encourage you, you know, again, if you're somebody who eats fast food, 
don't knock yourself, but just be aware, be mindful of how much you're consuming, when you're consuming it, why, you know, is it serving as comfort? For me, you know, I really had some moments where I I realized that I was like binging on fast food for comfort. Like anytime I would feel emotional about anything, first thing I wanted to do was just go and get like a cheeseburger from McDonald's or, you know, a Chick-fil-A sandwich or just anything to, to soothe myself. So food used to serve as a means for me to really just soothe myself. And I admit, you know, even now I still do that when it comes to like sweets. I am working on, you know, decreasing my sugar intake. It's definitely decreased from back in the day because like I used to drink soda like it was water. Like Pepsi was my jam. I could go through a 12 pack of Pepsi in a couple days easily. And I thank God. I really, really do. I am so grateful that I am in good health, that I am well after everything that I have ingested and many times over consumed. And, you know, those moments where I would binge and I'd go from one fast food restaurant to the other and then I would park and I would eat and I would cry and I would feel stressed, but then I would go somewhere else and get something else. Like it was a it was a cycle. So there's definitely backstory to that, you know, to the whole fast food thing. And I think that, you know, in today's society, especially in America, a lot of people fail to realize that it is in itself an epidemic. Like the amount of people that consume fast food and why they're consuming it. Because I don't believe that everybody thinks fast food is just absolutely delicious. It is not the best food. You know, it's like I said, there are ingredients that are added um, that really cause people to become addicted and to feel like you need it. You know, I remember having withdrawals if I didn't have french fries from McDonald's, you know, for two or three days. It was bad. Like, it was really bad. And so that's why, like, I appreciate all of my experiences, even the fast food days, because now that, you know, I have evolved so much and I've learned so much, it's it makes me all the more passionate to really just be able to have honest conversation about, you know, this topic, like fast food or anything, because I've experienced things from that far, far end and been through some things with food and I can completely understand where some people may be and now and I don't even think I mentioned this in the first couple episodes being now a trained and certified integrative nutrition health coach I graduated in 2020 and I chose to go through that course because I realized that it would enhance the value that I have to offer people because it's one thing to know how to cook but it's another thing to be able to educate people and empower people when it comes to nutrition because in culinary school like they don't teach you about nutrition they teach you how to cook and that's all good but I think that as a chef it's just an added benefit it increases your value in the marketplace when you know 
when you have knowledge about nutrition. So that's something I'm proud of. And I'm proud that, you know, I invested that time, you know, during such an such a strange year, 2020, to start school, you know, um, it was definitely intense going through that. And I did it remotely. But um, I learned a lot. And I have just a wealth of information to now share. And I feel like I'm just now emerging with that because there are so many people who are ready to actually change or rather transform their eating. Because, you know, the whole New Year's resolution and temporary diets and all these things don't work. But when you actually are desiring transformation, there's that whole saying, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I feel like there are so many people that I specifically would consider my target market that are ready to receive this information and the value that I have to share. And that's why, you know, I have taken initiative to, you know, increase my visibility, to get out there, you know, to create an Instagram profile um, and to really focus it on what I'm here in purpose to do. And that is to educate and empower people and inspire people through food. And that's why this podcast is going to be a really cool thing because I am going to just, you know, be sharing from so many different perspectives and just, you know, intertwining all of my knowledge based on my personal experience, my education, my hands-on experience with, you know, being a chef and cooking and, you know, being able to to relate to everyone from the person who eats fast food every day to the person who so-called, you know, eats out, you know, and they find dine, you know, um, those who are intimidated about the kitchen, those who want to cook but don't know where to start, like, People with families, you know, having a family of six people, you know, when my girls were little, you know, when I started cooking, like, or trying to cook, you know, well, it, that's a whole story in itself. Like, I'm not going to go deep on that. But like, after I got married, it was like, okay, I have a husband to feed. Like, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's what people say. Okay, that's funny. I get what they mean, but there's obviously a lot more to that. And But I knew I had to start preparing meals, you know, and that's when I started to explore and experiment. And so my point is, I have a wealth of knowledge, and I'm now very grateful that I've had all of the experiences that I've had because I realized that it was all part of preparing me for such a time as this. You know, had I not experienced those things, I wouldn't be able to relate to people on the level that I can. You know, it's one thing to be educated and know things, but it's one another thing to actually have been where the people are, experiencing what they're experiencing, and then also experiencing the transformation of what you ultimately are going to assist other people to do. So that's just, that's where I'm coming from. And that's why, like, you know, all this stuff I just shared with you about fast food, there's no shame in my game because it's all, it's, like I said in my previous, um, you know, episode, every experience is an ingredient. And when we choose to look at it as such, we can really come to appreciate the recipe that is evolving and becoming, right? The entree that we are here to serve. So with all that being said, 
I hope that you have been well-fed and inspired. And it's really my pleasure to dish all of this information out to you. And it's only going to become more and more refined and just, you know, while at the same time, it's candid. I, like I said, I'm not planning ahead of time, you know, what I'm going to say. I'm just letting it come out the way it does. And, and I trust that you'll be receptive to it if that's what's meant to be. And if you're meant to receive this information and guidance from me, because that's truly what I'm here for, is to be a guide and to just, you know, to let you know that food is power. Food is energy. Food is medicine. Food is life. Food is a common bond. It is something that brings us all together. And that is a beautiful thing. So with that being said, <laughs> go forth and have a delicious day. And as always, I am sending much love and light your way. <laughs>